Welcome to Series 4 of the Conformance Cast. Our guest this series is Dr. Susan Audino, an instructor and consultant who specializes in cannabis testing labs. Dr. Audino has her own consulting organization, S.A. Audino and Associates, but she also teaches courses and provides consulting services through A2LA Workplace Training to help labs achieve conformance to international standards. To learn more about Dr. Audino's courses, visit a2lawpt.org events. Welcome back to the Conformance Cast. I'm Evan Hodges, and I'm back again with Dr. Susan Audino. Thank you again for being with us, Susan. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Um, so we talked a little bit uh, in the last episode about sort of the environment that cannabis exists in from a scientific and a, a legal standpoint. Um, I wanted to know your opinion on the existing regulatory environment for cannabis testing for cannabis labs uh, it's very different in every state right now uh, i think it's fair to say that some states are more effective in their regulatory practices than other states how is that affecting the whole environment that cannabis exists in and consumer safety consumer confidence all that sort of stuff that's, that's a great question. And unfortunately, there's not a straightforward answer. Um, I think, as I mentioned before, the regulatory bodies have done a fabulous job at trying to navigate through a complex myriad of, of craziness. Um, that being said, I think in, in my experience, some states have developed regulations and specifications that aren't necessarily based in analytical chemistry or the application of analytical chemistry in um, cannabis and with the cannabis product. And so we often see specifications that just really don't make any analytical sense. And it tends to disadvantage a laboratory even before the laboratory opens its doors for business. So I think that, that while everybody in the industry has to recognize the opportunity for growth, the regulatory bodies are also on that same bandwagon. They also have an opportunity to, to grow and to um, develop specifications and regulations that um, are a little bit more pertinent to the cannabis industry and more pertinent to the analytical testing laboratory. Oftentimes, I, I hear the same um, feeling that, oh, the FDA needs to regulate this. And once the FDA regulates it, all of our problems with testing and consumer safety and, and consumer information will go away. It's all about the FDA mm. and the FDA must regulate. And when is the FDA going to legalize it all and regulate it all? And, you know, I often shake my head because, well, the biggest problem that we're having is around the testing industry. People don't know what they're getting. And there's a really great attempt um, to make sure people know what they're getting. But the, the varying um, regulations, the varying specifications of those regulations, and the lack of widespread multi-laboratory validated test methods make it very difficult, if not impossible, to 
actually provide a very well characterized and well accepted um, product, product testing. So I think again, that in order for us to see this product come to its greatest light, we need to coalesce a federal expectation. We need to coalesce the state expectations that make sense um, analytically. And then we need to allow science to move in its own direction and create the, the foundation of the science of the science for testing, um, again, through multi-lab validation studies to ensure that the end product is what everybody is expecting. It's not a simple answer, you know. The, in my opinion, the varying requirements um, are making things challenging, but I don't think having the FDA be the be all and end all of it all is actually going to immediately flip, fix, flip the switch and fix it all. Um, not unless they come with a whole cache of test methods, expectations, and protocols that every laboratory must follow. Same equipment, same you know reagents, same materials, and I don't see that happening. So we have we have work to do. We have work to do. This is, again, a, a, an agricultural commodity. Every other agricultural commodity has gone through the same process, just not in the, in the uh, public spotlight, and certainly not with the, econo uh, the economic value that um, cannabis has. Is there anything, in your opinion, that um, labs can do to communicate, uh, like, their expectations to regulators that regulators should do to inform themselves about the science they need to understand to be regulating this product properly? Yeah, that's another wonderful question. And as you said in our last session here, um, I've been around this for a while now. And when I started out in the cannabis industry, I saw very few regulators. And I am delighted to report that I have some regulators on my speed dial. Um, I see them all the time. I am very engaged with them. I think they're overall a great group of people who want to do better. They want to serve the consumers. And admittedly, they say they're not scientists and they've had to rely on lobbyists or other consultants to help them understand the science. So there are some organizations out there. AOAC is one of them, AOAC International, where um, I serve as uh, the science advisor for the Cannabis Analytical Science Program. And that came about a couple of years ago after a few years of trying to develop uh, standard test methods for the cannabis industry. And when the CASP, as it's called, was formed, it, it included... Um, sort of a, in its unstated mission to provide an opportunity for regulators and scientists to come together, discuss, discuss needs. We're all stakeholders in this. And this gives us a great forum to talk about what do we need and what's the science and what does the science mean and why is it that a regulation is not a good one or why is a specific regulation, in fact, a very good regulation? or a very good specification. So I think it's all happening. It's just, 
it happens slowly, right? We don't notice that mm -hmm. our nails are too long or are growing until they're too long and it's time to clip them. So growth in the scientific community and the regulatory committee com community is happening, but it's not always visible. We don't always see it. We don't always hear about it, but it is happening. And there are great opportunities for that to happen. And I've been very fortunate to be part of that and to witness it um, otherwise. So it's, it's great. We're, we're going in the right direction. So hold on to your seats. It's been a bumpy ride, but we're going in the right direction. That has been my perception from my non-scientific uh, standpoint. So I'm glad to hear from someone who actually knows what they're talking about, that we, that we are in fact going in the right direction. Um, in terms of the larger scientific community, do you feel that cannabis science is being embraced by uh, by scientists? Because my perception is that uh, like cannabis labs are kind of the black sheep of the family at this point in the the cultural and uh, you know the general the general uh, sense is that cannabis is like the new kid on the block and uh, they're perhaps not being taken as seriously as other fields of science. Is that the case or am I mistaken in that perspective? Oh, I think, it, I think, I think that you're on target there. Um, I, I think that cannabis is very polarizing right now in the scientific community, in society in general. People either love it and think it's awesome to get involved. And even if they don't like it, they're going to get involved because, you know, it's the hot topic and it's very romantic. It's very cool. Um, and other people are just against it. doesn't matter what you say. You could stand on your head and spit out silver dollars and a cure-all <laughs> to everything. And, you know, people are still going to say it's bogus and you're making it all up. That will always happen. But right now, I, I see very little middle of the ground. What I have seen is some people sort of sucking it up and moving forward saying, you know, five years ago, I will never be involved in this. Absolutely, positively not. And now they're like, well, I'm involved in it. Uh, and uh, my colleagues don't want to get involved with it. So, Susan, what can I do to help convince them that this is a good thing? So I've seen some of those transitions and I always sort of chuckle under my breath and I think, uh-huh, uh-huh. What about what the, I will never get involved in this. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been kind of fun. But I think that the mainstream uh, scientific community is recognizing that there is validity here, whether they want to engage in that research or not is still somewhat stymied by the federal prohibition. Um, but overall, I think people hear about cannabis every single day in pretty much every single magazine. And, and it's hard to read a newspaper without hearing something about cannabis. It's mm -hmm. in the stock exchange for Pete's sake, you know, we, it's here and uh, it's not going anywhere. And I think people are finally recognizing like it's out, the genie's out of the bottle. Let's, um, Let's deal with the reality of what it is. And, um, you know, that some cases it means getting on board. In other cases, it means, no, it's still evil. But, uh, you know, I, I still think it's polarizing. Uh, do you find that it's, uh, like, financial reasons that are changing people's minds? Is it social pressure that's changing people's minds? Is it 
just purely unavoidable in the the fields that these people are working in? Is there a is there a uniform factor that's influencing people? So I think when this whole push started decades ago to legalize cannabis, I think it was predominantly a humanitarian effort. We need to capitalize on this material to help people feel better medicinally, compassionately. And I think that that's how it got started. But let's be honest, we still live in a capitalist society, right, Evan? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, there are dollars and cents to be made here. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's not forget that little edge of us. Um, You know, and I think I see this a lot with um, some of my own customers who say, yeah, you know, I've never used cannabis. I've never owned a business, but I'm starting a laboratory because, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. Or I, I, you know, I'm an electrician and cannabis is really the hot topic and I don't want to open up a laboratory, but I'm opening up a a cultivation facility. I don't know anything about botany, but I'm going to make a ton of money (laughs) cultivating cannabis. Yeah. They call it a weed for a reason, right? It's got to be easy, I'm sure. Yeah, this will be fine. (laughs) It's going to grow itself. Come on. All I have to do is just give it the right lighting and life, you know, I'm going to be, I see dollar signs. Every seed that I drop, I get a couple of bucks. Uh, So, you know, there is that incentive. And, And I think in some ways that incentive is not helping the industry because we're not allowing cultivation practices to... Um, develop and evolve as they should, um, we're not watching product manufacturers develop a product with the um, foundation that they need to, like we expect with other products, food products. Um, And in laboratory testing, we forget about their science behind all of this, and it costs money to run a laboratory. Um, It's not just about, you know, putting a, a sample through an instrument, pressing a button, getting an answer and saying, oh, are we all happy now? Great. Give me my money. Um, so there are trials and tribulations with every one of those entities. And, uh, you know, and I think that a lot of that is money driven. But um, there's also a huge, huge influence for medicinal applications. Um, I recently had the distinct pleasure of participating and contributing a module for the Society of Cannabis Clinicians, um, which is a a group of physicians and nurses and PAs um, who are trying to learn about cannabis, both the science part of that as well as the medical applications of it. So it's a wonderful organization and the modules are fabulous. Oh my goodness. The, um, the intelligence and the, uh, the smartness that goes behind these these uh, physicians who are creating the modules and and teaching us is is nothing short of amazing. So I think that true to its its push decades ago, there is most definitely a humanitarian and uh, compassion for the product and the compassionate use of that product. And I also think that our capitalism is thriving as well. Uh, All right. Next time, we are going to get a little bit more into cannabis labs and how they work and uh, what what information they might be able to use to work better. Uh, But I think that's where we'll end episode two. Thank you again, Susan. We will be back next time. 
Subscribe to the Conformance Cast on your podcatcher of choice to get updates whenever a new episode is posted. Find more educational content, including blog posts and our schedule of courses on a2lawpt.org. Would you like to become a sponsor of the Conformance Cast? Visit a2lawpt.org slash podcast for more information.